my name is Dana Shapiro from Champaign on Rio, and you are listening to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. Champaign on Rio is excited to be the summer sponsor, and we are honored to be a part of this island community and this new food-focused program. We look forward to sharing our delicious champagnes with all of you on this beautiful island. Enjoy the show and cheers. Don't forget a glass of champagne makes everything better. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. This is Camille's Demi Hour, and we are here on Nantucket's NPR station 89.5. These next 30 minutes will be dedicated to all things Epicurean on this special island. And we are speaking with Cushing Donlin. Actually, we just met. He's quite an interesting fellow. I'm very excited to have him here. He has a relationship to this island that we are actually going to learn about firsthand, myself with the audience here. This is completely off the cuff. I don't know anything about this strange man before me, but he has these pants that are amazing with these green sailboats on them and this corduroy yellow Lacoste jacket and then a white PK polo underneath with a branded Donlin family wines. So he looks pretty innocent, but hey, who knows? (laughs) Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Great to meet you. It's great to meet you, too. Yeah. So so tell us, um, why did I invite you here today? Well, um, it is the Nantucket Wine Festival weekend, something we, uh, as a family and a winery, come back to every year. My folks have had a place on the island since the late 80s, so it's, it's kind of like a homecoming for us. Always fun to see what uh, the new season brings out on Nantucket. Seems to be never a dull moment. So excited to be back here for a great, great weekend. The first show we had, we first interviewed Dennis Toner and Mark Goldwhites, who founded the the festival, and then Mark bought it. But I have good stories about Dennis and Mark, but maybe for another time. (laughs) And one of the themes that we talked about was the evolution of the festival. And so this year... um, Every year, like you said, what does it bring? How does it flow? What's going on? How's your experience thus far? Well, I, I think um, uh, Dennis has done a great job building a tradition and legacy, and Mark and Nancy Bean um, have taken it over and sort of expanded and add multi- added multiple layers to to the different events and the access to all the domestic as well as foreign wineries. Uh, Today, my winemaker and I, we went to a 1982 Bordeaux horizontal tasting. And that was kind of special because that's my birth year. A lot of wines I would never have access to. I wouldn't go out there and be able to afford or source these bottles. So having an event like that is really unique, kind of one of a kind. And uh, I wanted to see what what all the fuss was about. Yeah, everybody raves about Bordeaux. but it's it's just a part of the wine industry. There's there's so many great wines out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a, one of the most amazing vintages to date. Exactly. And for that type of wine, so it's um it, those those the cabs the blends those are coveted red wines across the, across the board, and then it's in just an amazing vintage anyway, right? Yeah. So what was your favorite? Um, well, we had um, right bank, left bank. Uh, I'm more of a right bank guy. Yeah. Me too. Um, I don't like left. Just know? like lefties. I don't trust them. Yeah. Those guys <laughs> should all yeah take them out back. It's <laughs> kind of aggressive. This is a food and wine show. It's the Bordeaux talking. <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it, w- it was fun to see the, the progression. And um, uh, John Capon 
uh, head of Acromerrill was kind of leading us through it. So really a great guide to have because, you know, somebody like me, I'm fairly new to the wine world and my understanding and appreciation of these different areas and vintages and producers. So having a great teacher, having a great mentor, I think in any business is, is paramount. Absolutely. A mentor in life throughout your career, personally, professionally, it's always great. But the wine industry, someone like that from Acromerrill who sees everybody, um, they're not biased per se by brands or maybe they're selling everything. Shop is in Manhattan, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And they do auctions and yep. importing and selling, obviously. It's um, anything you can get. It's quite a business. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about your business. It's our family winery. It's in Santa Rosa, California. We uh, produce mostly Rhone varietals, so a lot of Syrah, Grenache, Roussan, a little bit of Viognier, uh, as well as Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. So we're in Sonoma County. It's closer to the ocean. It's the other Napa for everybody out there. Um, and we get great microclimates, great soils, um, consistent weather. California is great for wine growing and making. We've been around for about five or six years. It's my brother, my father, and I, two-person winemaking team, and we're just striving to make a great bottle of wine, whether it's Chardonnay, Pinot, or Syrah, just something that is going to elevate your experience, um, culminate, you know, a celebration, personal or professional, um, and, and just have fun. So how did the journey start? How did you're from the Northeast originally? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it takes a lot of thought, effort, dream and move out there and start making wine. I mean, that's that's a lot of people's dreams. How did you do it? Well, there's a, co a couple different avenues. You know, me personally, I'm part of the Lucky Sperm Club. Right. <laughs> so my father started it. And uh, Nantucket plays a, a, an important part. Um, he had a great mentor um, out at the Topper's restaurant in Walwinnett. And uh, he really solidified um, his love for the Rhone region, Burgundy, and was able to travel quite a bit, try some great wines. And uh, about 15 years ago, on a whim, started a winery. Growing up in the Northeast, everybody asks, yeah, how do you go from Connecticut to California? And um, I just like states that start with C. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, you know, our business is a little bit different. You know, my brother and I are in California. My folks are still in Nantucket and Connecticut. Um, but we, we make it work. We, we offer a little bit more of a personal touch. Um, so we do a lot of tastings, private, public, festivals, dinners, pairings. And we really like to get out there and meet the customers, um, talk with them, get to know them, and, and see what they're passionate about. Because mm -hmm. what we try to do most is to tell people and show people why we do it. Mm -hmm. Why are we producing wine? Why are we in this business? And I think if we can get that across, they get you know, infected by this excitement, enthusiasm mm -hmm. for great wine and good times. And we've, we've seen it resonate quite a bit. And on a place like Nantucket, uh, Sailor's Island, Drinker's Island... It's uh, it's nice to have some some good wine available. Well, I I couldn't agree more, and uh, I guess I do want to ask when was your first vintage? So first vintage of the Donlin wines was two thousand eight. Okay, and so, how long did it take to make that? 
So um, for the most part, white wines, you can age 10 to 12 months. Mm -hmm. You have to wait a year. Mm -hmm. So call it two years for a white wine and uh, at least three years for a red wine. And then the first one you released was what? The red or the white? The red. Okay. Yeah, because we didn't start making... uh, we didn't start making white or Chardonnay until until the year after. Okay. Is it a state grapes or do you purchase the, the grapes or how many cases do you make? I'm just learning about your wine, so I'm going to ask the questions here. Thank you. Thank you. It's very important we get to the truth. <laughs> the truth. Um, as long as yes. we can all handle it. Um, <laughs> but uh, believe it or not, we've, we've sourced fruit um, the majority of our uh, existence and what most people don't know outside the industry is that it's that's very common. I would say 60 to 70 uh, percent of producers, uh, domestically at least, um, source fruit. So you have farms and vineyards that grow grapes for you. So up until about three months ago, um, that is what we did exclusively. Um, however, we got great news uh, when my father and I and our winemaker were on a, a importing trip in Switzerland that we closed on our first property. And it's a fantastic property, the Obsidian Vineyard in Knights Valley. It's a property we've been sourcing from for over a decade. Knights Valley. Knights Valley. So Knights Valley um, is... What a great name. Is it, <laughs> is it knights or I, I'm I'm hoping it's K N I G H. Oh yeah, knights, like, like British knights, yes. like that's so um, cool. King Arthur. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a unique spot. It's a it's an Appalachian that borders Sonoma and Napa. Okay. So Carneros, um, you know, straddles both um, valleys as well. So you have this unique terroir. Uh, it can be very dramatic, higher elevation. Um, our site has very little topsoil, so you have vines that are very um, rugged, mm-hmm. stressed out, mm-hmm. water deprived, mm-hmm. and it produces a wine that is um, very dense. Um, it's it's just unmistakable in its um, texture, mouthfeel, wow. aromatics, and. Uh, and for those of you who are just joining us, we are with Cushing Donlin from Donlin Vineyards in Sonoma, uh, California. And he is originally from the East Coast and the Connecticut area. And they his family has a home here on Nantucket. That's why he is joining us in the studio. And this is 89.5 Nantucket's NPR. And we were just talking about his winery out there and how they are actually just acquiring some new land and about the roots. He has said that they have minimal topsoil, which means that the roots are very strong. And within the wine world, you want strong roots. That means they work harder. They're stronger. They're old in a good way that they can collect all the nutrients from the ground. And and that reflects on the characters of the wine. So what's happening now with that project? So um, it's predominantly Syrah. um, And it's just the property is 15 acres, but there's only seven acres planted. Given that it's an older property, um, you know, when we first discovered it, um, it, it kind of had a hillbilly irrigation system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just explain that for well, you. Like a guy with a hose. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> the The irrigation system was a garden hose with holes poked into oh, it. Oh, my goodness. So uh, the wines at the, excuse me, the vines at the top of the hill got water. And then, you know, the, the vines at the end, you know, given the pressure and everything, didn't, didn't get anything. So, mm-hmm. but 
It's a beautiful place. It's it's very remote. You go to the top of the vineyard site, 360 degree view. Uh, on a clear day, you can see the um, Pacific Ocean. So it's uh, it's quite dramatic. And the reason why we call it obsidian is at some point in time there was a volcanic eruption, mm-hmm. and it deposited this black volcanic rocks. So obsidian, um, black glass. Uh, and it's strewn amongst the vines. So if you ever come out and visit us, it's like going to um, an outdoor gift shop. You can get a little piece of obsidian, take it home with you. I've heard that California has over 30 different soil types for winemaking, which I guess that's more than any other region in the world for winemaking from France to Italy, which is exciting news for California. But I don't know if there are the variations of wine being made to reflect those types of soils. What do you think about that? Is that true, or is there? Well, I mean, that, what, what are the real wine? People that's a very, with? very difficult question. That is above my pay grade, so um, <laughs> I'm going to divert that one. But I'm sure there's to thirty the invisible wine person in the studio. I'm sure there's thirty or you know twenty five. But I, I think there's a lot of excitement going on in California, yeah. especially Northern California. The amount of experimentation um, with uh, newer varietals. Everywhere we go along the road, we probably travel over 20 weeks a year, um, domestically and 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 foreign. It's it's fun to meet people and and what they want to talk about, what they want to ask questions about. But California is is just a great place from from top to bottom. There's people making great wine in San Diego, hmm. um, and and then there's new people experimenting. You know, all the way up in uh, you know, Alexander Valley, Anderson Valley, all these very dramatic vineyard sites. So you have people who are either going back to what their grandfather did or what their, you know, forefathers did abroad. And, um, you know, they're trying new things a lot of times with trial and error, but that's what's so exciting about the wine world is no one is ever going to know anything. And there are a lot of experts out there, but really at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's about what what you like mm-hmm. and um, what you think is great and what you what brings yeah. you pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there's a lot of people who who try to justify these great wines, whether it has a great score or great price mm-hmm. tag. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about what what you enjoy. What's in that glass? And yeah, it's 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 a personality in itself. Exactly, and whether you get along with it or not. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they disagree with you. So we we name a lot of our wines after family members. And, uh, you know, these wines have a personality. I think I tasted Lucy today. No, there's no Lucy. Is there a Lucy? Nancy. Wrong. Nancy. Nancy. There you go. There was a C in there. Nancy's my grandmother. She's uh, South Shore, Situate Mass. Um, She's more of a Scotch drinker. Um, But we said, Grandma Nance, we, we need another wine, and we're naming it after you. It's going to be Chardonnay. And we tell people it doesn't taste like your grandmother's Chardonnay. I love it. It's Nancy. That's pretty fun. Nancy. Nancy. So what's it like being a new winemaker in in that area in California? Are they open or how's the reaction there? And For, for me, it's 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 very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm the rookie. I'm the new guy. Um, it makes two of us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So I, I jumped in about two and a half years ago. Um, you know, before that, I was uh, developing film and television in Los Angeles and uh, doing a couple other things. But uh, it's it's really interesting uh, what's going on right now. So for me, uh, being able to learn 
and try all these new wines um, and go to different seminars and, and festivals. Um, there's a lot of great wine out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are for the most part open to sharing and learning. And, um, obviously you have to keep some secrets, um, close to the vest and, um, you know, make sure you're unique in the marketplace. But one thing we've noticed in the last 15 years, uh, since we've been in the business is, uh, the amount of wineries in California has tripled and, given the capabilities of custom crush facilities where it's basically a warehouse and 50 producers rent, you know, a 50th of the equipment. And so you have tons of grapes coming in processed. Um, and so there's a lot of new wines, a lot of exciting wines and, um, a wine for every occasion, which is, which is a lot of fun. And just to bring you all up to speed, we're in the studio with Cushing Donlin from Donlin Vineyards. He is an East Coast guy, but living out on the West Coast in Sonoma, making wine, but originally from Connecticut and spent a lot of summers on Nantucket. So we were just talking about his business out there in Sonoma and what it's like to be a young winemaker out there and his market and who he's selling to. So what are your markets then? What is your plan of attack? Um, our our plan has always been uh, more of a grassroots. Um, so we've built sharing up- Sharing and caring. Sharing and caring. Um, so- you know, my father um, in a past business uh, or in his past business was always a salesman. So he was always talking on the phone, meeting with people, um, built up uh, a great Rolodex of friends and family. And that's initially who we uh, approached with the first you know couple hundred cases that we were producing. Mm-hmm. And we've since grown that community and that family. And um, so we do mostly direct, probably 80 percent direct to consumer. So is that do, challenging state to state? The direct, so so it's mostly just customers. It's not retail or restaurants. So your friends and family and people who can just buy it online. Exactly. Okay. So, but is that it, troubling in certain states? Because I don't is. know. It's not always. It is. The case. Every every state is different, as right. you know, um, and all the laws are different. Some are easy. Some are um, a bit harder. Uh, Massachusetts, thankfully, just opened up their doors um, beginning of this year, so we can direct ship legally to uh to massachusetts but there are some states still that you need distribution so you need a third-party distributor that you have to get the wines into and then they um in their sales force uh sell the wines for you but for the most part we are striving for you know three quarters direct and then we'll distribute um, maybe twenty percent, and then save five percent for, you know, charities, donations, and and festivals, and and business development, really. Okay, and uh, I, t- I actually tasted the rosé. That was the first one I tried out of Magnum. That was pretty fun. I think you'd like any rosé out of a Magnum. <laughs> so. It looks good. But it was actually it was very good. It was delicious, and that was a Syrah and Grenache blend. Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, Syrah, Grenache, and a little bit of Pinot. Yeah, it was delicious. And then I tried the Lucy, but I I didn't have the pleasure of the reds yet. Nancy. <laughs> I mean, who's this Lucy person? <gasps> I don't know. She must be your other aunt or something that you don't know about. Ex girlfriend. Crazy, <laughs> crazy Lucy. So what's it like to be back on Nantucket? Are you spending any time back here with your family? They must miss you if you're working out there. So you left the film industry completely and just full-time at the winery then? Um, a, a little bit. I still have my toes in. We're doing a show in, in West Texas right now called the West Texas Investors Club. 
<laughs> yeah. What's that all about? It's basically like the Redneck Shark Tank. CNBC <laughs> should be out later this year. So oh. very exciting. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Thank that's you. fun. Um, but I am probably spending three quarters of my time in the wine business. We've uh, doubled um, in the last two two years, doubled in production, doubled in, you know, awareness. So wow, we have the congratulations wines. Congratulations on that. That's, Thank that's you. a lot. How do you rate the doubleness of awareness? Um, so, you know, we're in newer markets that we've never been in before. Okay. So um, Texas and Florida are, are markets we distribute in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably 12 months ago. Because before then, we weren't making enough product to really expand. Um, We're selling the wines in the UK, Switzerland, Scandinavia. Wow. Yeah. That's wonderful. So international. Got an international winemaker here, folks. That's (laughs) right. From the East Coast. I would love for you to share any thoughts you have before you leave the East Coast, before you go home or to your other home. You want to say anything to your Nantucketers here? Um, you know, it's always great to be back on the island. Um, I, I really love it. You know, having spent um, 30, 30 years living, working, uh, mostly enjoying myself here, it's, uh, it's always nice because it offers so many different things. You have great nature, um, outdoor sports, indoor bar sports, um, great restaurants, great people. And, um, it's just so much fun to come back and see everybody. It's, uh, it's like a high school reunion. You want to go back to (laughs) actually want to go back to. Well, thank you again, Cushing Donlin from Donlin Vineyards. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Really. It was a pleasure to meet you today (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, um, we can do it a, a second time. I hope to be at the vineyard. I'll come and do a tasting. Good. Be, be in the in the actual presence of your wine in the vineyards. That would be wonderful. Fantastic. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. And thanks for listening. This was Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. No time for dream.